0: Thank you for listening to the Floxy Hope Podcast. My name is Lisa Bloomquist Palmer, and today we have Tara on the line. Thank you so much for joining us, Tara. Hi, thank you for having me. And um, I just mentioned it to Tara, but I'll apologize to you guys. It sounds like our connection isn't perfect. Uh, We've got a little bit of static on the line, but um, I hope you can overlook the static and uh, listen to this wonderful information that Tara has to share with us. So, um, Tara, just starting out, can you tell us a little bit about your background so that people have an idea who exactly we're talking to? Okay, sure, yeah. I'm Tara, and
1: I'm I'm a stay-at-home mom right now. I used to be a mental health counselor, um, but I kind of had chronic fatigue for a while, it turns out, probably from antibiotics in general, even before the fluoroquinolones, so I've been staying home for, probably for the last five years. And um, about two years ago is when I took Leviquin and got floxed. So um, that's kind of where my story begins.
0: And, and why don't you just jump on in and tell us about the beginning of your story. Sure.
1: Um, it, well, it turns out it was in August of 2015 when I realized that I was Phloxed. Because um, that's when I got acute fluoride poisoning from taking leviquin. And um, I know it is pretty controversial to say that you were fluoride poisoned from this, but that actually is what happened to me. I have later had to start researching fluoride because I became hypersensitive to it, so sensitive that even trace amounts of it would bother me. And so how, what that looked like is in the beginning when I was getting poisoned was um, I'd taken I had a 14-day prescription for Levaquin and it turns out that's the second time I've taken Levaquin actually I took it two times in six months and I started off with some nausea and stomach pain and problems and um, then it kind of progressed to, to pretty severe disorientation and hallucinations and that's when I passed out and I remember just the last I mean my heart was racing and going really fast and not not beating correctly and I, I remember feeling like I was going to die and i I've never felt that before. And I remember the last thing I thought was, I don't want to die and leave my kids here. I have a 10 year old and a 13 year old, and that's the last thing I remember. And I woke up the next day, and I remember being really surprised that I woke up because it, the poisoning was that bad. Um, but I, and I, that was kind of all I remember. I just remember feeling really weird afterwards. And, I just felt like this buzzing around my head, but it wasn't on my head. It was like maybe what some people would call like the energy field or something, the aura around you or whatever. That's It's like there was buzzing from outside, outside of me, but it was around me. And I kind of just felt weird for about three days. And then my head stopped being able to, like my neck stopped being able to hold up my head. And I, I hear that that is actually neurotoxicity. It just, it takes a while to poison you. And... So that was kind of when I, I called the doctor the next morning by the time I got up I couldn't hardly see anything. My vision was very blurred. I couldn't hardly dial or speak. Like the words just wouldn't come out. Wow. And I got Yeah,
0: it was pretty crazy. Yeah. And I got yeah. to see the doctor. Right. And is, like what was what was your family's reaction as you were going through this? Were they were um, they also kid? thinking you were dying? Like what's um, how were well, they my reacting?
1: and my husband was here, but he didn't really know what was going on either, and I'm, it was really hard, I couldn't actually express what I was feeling or thinking, it was, it was really crazy, my brain was really poisoned, and so all I could say was I need to go to the doctor, and I can't drive, because I couldn't drive myself, I couldn't see or think, and so that's really scary, and I didn't know at that time I was fluoride poisoned, of course, I did I had no idea what was going on. I just knew it was obviously from leviquin. And so I just thought, okay, I'm having some sort of severe reaction to that. But, you know, I'll go to the doctor because they say to call the doctor <laughs> for having a severe reaction. And then you find out that, you know, I get to the doctor. He hears all I'm going on. He actually did know what fluoroquinolone toxicity was. He, he was he is not aware of that was fluoride poisoning. He is now. And um, that's kind of part of the reason I want to tell my story is because I was able to get neurologists and doctors and dentists and everyone on board with me and my story and understanding what it is by telling them that it was fluoride poisoning, because they do understand what fluoride poisoning is. They do not understand what Flox is or fluoroquinone toxicity. But then when they realized it was fluoride poisoning, and I was able to show them the research about it, and then I, I after I was able to do that, but it took me about a year to do that then i do not have the problem with doctors not believing me
0: that's really they, interesting i would actually expect the opposite yeah i mean it's a pretty
1: crazy thing to have happened but they're so confused cuz they like i said my doctor did know and they have heard like these urban myths about <laughs> people that terrible things happen to them when they take fluoroquinolones they hadn't seen it in person and tell me
0: right
1: and so they were aware that this could happen but there was still a lot of disbelief and of course by the doctor who gave it there was kind of a lot of kind of animosity on her part even though we would had a good relationship before because I think you know doctors get on the defensive as soon as something happens to you and you don't realize that that's going to happen you don't realize there's nothing they can do for you and um and basically that's what the doctors end up telling you that there's they do understand that something really bad is happening and this this happens in four quinolones. They don't know what it is and they don't know how to fix it and it's a liability issue to send me to anyone. So nobody would want my case. That's what I was told. Which was true. And and it was true that they couldn't help me and it's true that there is no cure or reversing fluoride poisoning. You just have to whatever symptoms you have but it, you know it would have helped if I had known and so that's why I'd like to get this story out too because if I'd known at first that that was a possibility that I could become fluoride poisoned then you could at least if you need to go to the emergency room tell them that because some of the things that can happen is and they know this they actually do know what to do if you get acute fluoride poisoning is to look for your at your potassium your calcium your magnesium and your glucose because fluoride blocks glucose. I think, it, how do you pronounce it, glycolysis? Anyway, your brain's ability to use glucose, which is a pretty big deal, and that's where all of the CNS symptoms come from. Like, I mean, even the bad ones like neurodegeneration, stroke, um, cerebral blood flow blocking that, um, where you can end up with severe brain damage, traumatic brain injury. Um, that's how you end up with severe um, neuropathy, which happened to me too but it actually my brain was actually so bad it took about a year a year and a half for me to be able to feel the neuropathy so i didn't actually know my nerves were damaged for about a year but all of those cns symptoms can happen from just that alone from your brain not being able to use glucose which fluoride poisoning causes that so that's kind of a side note there but yeah that, that's once i was able to explain kind of this Step to the doctors and um, let them know where they could go to find this information. Um, There's a fluoride toxicity research collaborative you can go to online. Mm -hmm. Um, That's SL. What was Okay, it's SLweb.org. Dr. Blaylock, he is the medical director for that, and um, Dr. Deb Morris, who you can call to talk to, and that's actually free and that you can just go to their site you can just google fluoroquinolins and fluoride poisoning and they have a whole page on fluoroquinolins and how they cause fluoride poisoning and why they do that and I was able to go there and that was kind of my first real help (laughs) that I got and it was free and that was great and she talked to me for a long time on the phone and then also you know I just I spent about I spent about a year and a half researching fluoride and it's taken a really long time to to realize how sensitive I am and how to get it out. So I I did want to, I will share kind of stuff I learned. And I know that it looks like to me when I read most people's stories, it doesn't really look like they became as hypersensitive as I am because I, I mean, I knew that I was poisoned because if I will get around any kind of fluoride, if I'll take a drink of tap water, I mean, it'll knock me to the ground. I'm so sensitive to it.
0: And and I'll certainly say that from my perspective, like my personal experience, I, I did not have that acute sensitivity. And actually one of the things that, um, I was even able to brush my teeth with fluoride toothpaste throughout my recovery and I still was able to recover. So, um, you know, and, and I'm not, And I'm not trying to argue at all with your experience. I'm just trying to let people know that there are different levels of sensitivity.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess I definitely mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. What I find out, I was so sensitive and that's how I knew it was fluoride poisoning. But if I had become, if I hadn't been as sensitive, like as it turns out, I already had chronic fluoride poisoning, but I had no idea because I wasn't hypersensitive to it. And yeah, so there's definitely different levels. There's people who can, at least that I've read, you know, who are able to drink fluorinated water and they shower anyway and they, and they recover, and nothing ever, you know, they don't actually have to change anything. But then I think it's so important because obviously then there's people at the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> and I think it is a spectrum.
0: Absolutely. And,
1: and I'm at the other end where I would have never recovered and would still not be recovering because your symptoms actually don't go away if you're this hypersensitive. And anytime you get reintroduced to any amount of fluoride, it, it re really causes brain issues and everything. So there's like a huge disparity, which I think is why it's so hard to figure out what's what's going on, because there is a huge disparity of what happens to people when they get flocks. I mean some people get collagen disruption that's just not just tendons I know it's awful like it was for me too and but then some people actually you know their connective tissue is so awful that they're not able to to walk (laughs) they're not able they're able to work anymore and so like it's so huge like the amount of things that can happen
0: yeah um, absolutely so will you tell us a little bit more about your hypersensitivity and what exactly would happen when you were exposed
1: yeah, I, um, I, feel like wave, I, like, I, I feel like I'm in an ocean wave, and I still do. Like, any time I get re-exposed, feel like I'm um, in an ocean wave. I'll, like, get really, really tired, and, like, I'll have to sleep a lot if I'm re-exposed to it. And I'll kind of feel like I'm going to pass out. And, I mean, it's just, you know, my vision blurs really badly, and... Yeah, it's, just, it's really hard to explain exactly what it feels like. But as soon as I recover, then all that goes away, as long as I'll stay away from fluoride. So that's that's how you can really know if you need this information or not. Because, if I mean, if you can, first of all, if you recover, <laughs> then that's fine. You know, you didn't need this information. But if there are people out there who are having all kinds of brain issues, don't understand what's happening, there's a huge spectrum. So you might not experience anywhere near as close to symptoms of that eye experience but that doesn't mean that it's not bothering you and of course it's not going to hurt anyone to get off the fluoride but you know that that might be something to think about of trying to get off the fluoride and seeing if your symptoms get better
0: right so yeah. tell us a little bit more about your journey through this
1: Okay. yeah, it's, it's been a pretty crazy journey through it. Um I'm still in the middle of my journey through it. Also I wanna point out that that I have not fully recovered. It's been it'll be two years tomorrow that I, that I was hurt and I it hurts your mitochondria, you know, which most people already knew that. And so I, I end up with chronic fatigue syndrome. So I'm not able to work and I'm applying for disability, but I've been denied twice and I'll I'll go again to try to apply for it. Um But through all of that, you know, I have, I just kind of, I wanted to give a lot of hope and faith to people, you know, that that you can recover because even though, you know, a lot of bad things did happen to me, and I'm not sure if I said all of them, um, yeah, the chronic fatigue, the brain issues, uh, the nerve damage was pretty extensive, you know, and a lot of that's supposed to be permanent, and you hear that it's permanent, and, you know, for some people it is permanent, but I wanted to let them know for me it actually, I've done some things that made it not permanent, and um, I wanted to share what some of that was just to give, just to give, I mean, I know that there's nothing that heals everyone, and there's nothing that works for everyone, but I wanted to share some of the things that I have done to kind of heal from some of the damage that happened to me, and one of the things that I've done that's been the most helpful is actually the hyperbaric oxygen chamber. I, I did that about eight months in, and I, Since then, I've heard that, you know, a a doctor had said that, uh, like, mice, when they look at their brains, when they're fried poisoned, it'll be blue. You just don't get oxygen. And so I guess maybe that's why it helps so much. But I had brain fog all up until I, I was doing the hyperbaric oxygen chamber treatment. And then all of those brain symptoms, the brain fog, not being able to read or write. I mean, I could write, but not well. And I was a writer before. So... That was pretty huge not to be able to do that anymore. And all of that came back after the hyperbaric oxygen chamber and, and learning how to get off the fluoride. Because as soon as I get any kind of fluoride in me, then I can't think well enough to write to or read anymore.
0: So can we just talk about real quick how, how you avoid fluoride? Like, what does that mean? Okay, so
1: I, I had to get a whole house filter um, what I did, I did a lot of research, and I talked to University of California professor Richards. I think you name—I don't know how you say his last name—but Sauerberger or something like that. You can probably look him up. And found out that um, bone char—it had to be Brimac bone char—and so I got something called Pel- it's from the brand Pelican online, and I got a water filtration system from them because when you are fluoride poisoned. If you're really hypersensitive, and like I said, there's some people who don't, as a matter of fact, most people don't have to go this far. So I don't want anyone to freak out because most people are not going to have to do all the stuff that I had to do. But I had to get one, and it wasn't enough. It didn't take out enough fluoride. Like, even an RO system won't take out enough fluoride for if you become this hypersensitive. So I had to get two Pelican water filtration systems. I had them tested, and now my water is only at .058 parts per million. And what they put in your water, at least where I live, is 0.7 parts per million. So it took two to get that much out. And that's what that professor had told me. And he's done research for a very long time. He said it's just incredibly hard to get it out of your water. But it turns out it's not impossible. You can do that. And most people, if they want it out of their water, you just have to get one. You know, most people would not have to get two systems. But um, the RO systems are about $5,000 and the Pelican system that I got is about $1,600. So it kind of just depends on what you want and what your budget is. And so I do that to keep um, fluoride out of my house because you breathe in 100% of fluoride. And so anytime I would wash the dishes, and you definitely can't cook with tap water, you have to cook with distilled water. Um, and it gets in your clothes and it gets you soak it through your skin so you can't shower base. Every time I took a shower, I got poisoned. And so I couldn't heal. Like, for me, it was impossible. Like, for some people, it won't be impossible to heal. But some people who are still having issues might want to look into this just because they might be having the same issues. And I was able to, after we got that out of my water, then I was able to start healing. And so that's kind of what I did for our house. But unfortunately, that also means I can't go out to eat anywhere. And I can't, you know, pick up any food that's already made or processed. Like, for me, I have to eat only organic vegetables and fruits because anything that's sprayed with pesticides, pesticides have fluoride in them, so you have to stay away from anything that's not organic. And then even when you do get the organic, I have to soak everything in vinegar and water just to try to get what... Because even if it's organic, they can still spray some stuff on it. And and most people wouldn't have to go that far either. Like, the organic would probably be fine. And then I I only eat antibiotic-free meats because... I don't know which ones have four in them. So those, that's what I do for food. So it means I have to make everything. <laughs> there's no fast food, there's no processed things, so that's, that's a pretty big deal. When you have a chronic fatigue, it's pretty hard because you're too tired to cook a lot of times, but there's really not any other choice, but it, it's totally worth it to heal from this. You know, I'm willing to do anything, and I'm sure most people feel that way. So that's what I do for food, and that's what I do for water. And so people kind of think it's just toothpaste and not getting your fluoride treatments and not drinking tap water, but it's actually, if you become hypersensitive, it's much, much more than that. And you have to really look at everything and learn a lot about fluoride, and there isn't doctors who know that. So you're kinda, you are kind of end up with other people who are fluoride poisoned. Like there's a Yahoo group for fluoride poisoned, so I ask them some questions. And then you just have to do a lot of your own research, and what they've said is that Basically, everybody there is on a spectrum also, even if they're hypersensitive and they know it. Like, there's people who are not as hypersensitive as me that are on there, but they do know their fluoride poison. So, it's, that ends up being pretty crazy, too, to try to get through. But um, what I'm doing also, and I, I, I'm going to wait to write my whole story until every until I want to be 100% healed, because... Um, I'm trying something called the Scio. It's an energy machine, and um, we use energy. Doctors use it for like PET scans, CT scans, MRIs, things like that. And so they use it to diagnose. But in our medical world, we do not use energy to treat. But there's some chiropractors and everything I go to. They use something called um, the Scio. It's S C I O, and you can look it up online. I actually forget what it stands for, but um, that is how I've healed from the nerve damage. It was extensive nerve damage in my head, um, my brain, my neck, my throat. I couldn't swallow well. And it turned out in my legs, too, but it was about a year and a half before I could feel that. And that's and that's 100% healed at this point. And it did not start healing until I started using this machine. And that's also how um, I'm trying to... I've healed from food allergies. They can like every everything in the world has like an energy to it. And so what this machine does is it tells you it can tell you, hey, heal this. So like your nerves have an energy, so heal this energy. And they can specify it at my head and my neck. Hmm. And so body will be working on healing that. When if I didn't do this, my body's just working on just having energy for the day. So this it does take energy away from you though because to heal, you have to have energy, so it makes you more tired. And but for me, I can't work anyway, and so that's totally worth it. Somebody else might want to do this but at a slower pace. I was doing it every week, and now every two weeks, and I'm going go to do it every three weeks. But for the fluoride for allergies, I healed from egg allergies because it was saying I, you, you can make it say, okay, don't react to this energy. And so now I can eat eggs and I use this for my kids too. So now they're not allergic to grass and pollen and my daughter's not allergic to dairy anymore. And so, I mean, for us, it's working and that's all I can say. I can't say for anybody else (laughs) if it'll work, but I can say for for me and for my family, it is working. And so we're going to try to use it for fluoride too. We've been trying to use it for that. And that's something they don't even know if it's going to work, but I ask them to try because it it is a toxin. So you're asking your body not to react to a toxin. But there's lots of people whose bodies aren't reacting, like mine, to fluoride. So I thought, hey, it's worth a shot. <laughs> and I had well, I come to that conclusion because I was in prayer and pretty desperate because I, at about January of this year, I had learned all I could really figure out how to learn about how to keep fluoride out. You know, I wasn't having it in my water. I, every food item has fluoride, every drink item, so you can't keep it 100% out of your body. So I got to the point where I was still... Every single day, I was still poisoned. I would get poisoned by something because I was so sensitive. And so that's a pretty desperate situation to be in when you realize there's absolutely nothing else you can do. And I know that a lot of people at least can understand that, <laughs> that are going through fluoroquinone toxicity because I know that some people do reach that point. And I, I said a prayer is what I did. And it, just, it popped in my head. It just said to try to use a scale for fluoride like I did eggs. So that was kind of my reasoning for starting that and then the very first time we used it for fluoride to try to desensitize me to it then no longer would my vision blur every time i got exposed to a small amount of it so i was like okay that's hope (laughs) that's hope that's what i needed and that's why i think we all need like this hope you know to keep going and to keep looking for answers and we can keep that faith going then we can keep looking for answers to um to the things that we're going through and that there will be better days ahead because we do know that people do heal from this. And people do recover from fluoride poisoning. There's a lot of people on my site who they are recovered. They have to stay away from fluoride, but they don't have symptoms anymore unless they get recovered. So I have, you know, I have the fluoroquinolone toxicity group and this group. And so I know that people do recover, but we all just kind of have to go about a different way. And so this is kind of my way of going about it. And now I do get re-poisoned by fluoride sometimes. Um, Vitamin C is actually one of the best things that you can do. And the fluoroquinolone toxicity research collaborator had told me that. But it actually didn't work for me. Like I was doing vitamin C and I can't do supplements at all as it turns out because every single supplement has fluoride in it. And so that wasn't helpful for me. But I found the homeopath a homeopath called vitamin C. My chiropractor gave it to me for something. We realized I could use that. But it's also, it works so well that it pulls fluoride out of my bones, which is great and would be great for anyone who isn't fluoride, hypersensitive, because that is exactly what you want. But for me, it actually re-poisons me. poisons <laughs> me. And so, but how, But through being re-poisoned several times by accidentally taking too much vitamin C, but the, the, Yeah, it was working for that because I don't get as poisoned as badly. It would be, I would be poisoned again really badly for months. And then it was, went to weeks. And and now it just, now it's not near as bad and it doesn't take me as long to recover. Oh, and part of the fluoride poisoning is depression. And, you know, you start, and I I hear this with other people, how, you know, you have to start having like the suicidal thoughts and kind of violent tendencies and, and they know, that people who are taking fluorinated like pharmaceuticals in general, like the SSRIs, the antidepressants and stuff, kind of experience that. And so it's been really interesting to see that I will immediately experience those kind of things, and within a few days they'll be gone as the fluoride gets out. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: And, yeah. And I, I, there's actually a lot of mental health Symptoms you can get from fluoride, and um, any of them actually schizophrenia, bipolar, depression, suicidal thoughts, anxiety, panic attacks, um, just any of any of the mental health symptoms can can come from fluoride. Um, I, I did want to say like some of the other things that can happen from fluoride, thyroid disorders, because that actually did happen to me too, and they told me to watch out for that. That almost everybody who gets poisoned by fluoride will end up with thyroid disorder. So I do take Armour thyroid. That's the only medication I take, if I am I'm able to take that. Um, also, the cardiovascular symptoms, um, degeneration of the heart can happen, um, collapse, arrhythmias, any of that, chronic sinusitis, um, your stomach lining, and your lung lining, so your respiratory system, um, interstitial status I already had, and I guess that's from fluoride can actually eat away that any of your linings, so your stomach, your bladder, your lungs. Um, kidneys, you can end up with liver disease, um, and of course, the, the brain, there's a lot of symptoms, and the pineal gland gets um, calcified, and it disrupts melatonin, so you'll have insomnia, and I do hear about that also with people who have fluoroquinolone toxicity, and um, it really disrupts your pituitary system, your hippocampus, and causes nerve damage, and deafness even, it can cause um, migraines, headaches, skin problems loose teeth, which happened to me also. I forgot about that. I lost a tooth, and all of my tooth on the top became loose, but we actually corrected that with, um, I did lose one. There was nothing I could do about that one, but they gave me a homeopath for the ones that were loose. It was called bone support, and he said he had just heard it. A lot of the stuff, we're just trying. Nobody knows how to treat what happened, and it actually did. My teeth started start tightening back up after about a week, so that might be something. If somebody's having some teeth, Problems. There might be some homeopaths you could look into, and like I'm saying, no, none of this is 100. percent Like this is gonna ha- This is gonna work for you. It's just these are some things that worked for me. Um, you can also any kind of muscle problems can happen, and any collagen problems can happen. It calcifies tendons, ligaments, bone pains, bone spurs, TMJ joints, and it. Um, that's I forgot about that too. That's one of the worst things that happened. Immediately, about within the first week, it dissolved my TMJ joints, and so I have to go to a specialist that we're trying, like, they had to put special kind of mouthpieces in, and what we're doing now is just trying to wait for it to regrow, because your your joints and stuff, they can regrow, so there's supplements you can take, like, that are chondroitin and glucosamine, which is bone broth, like, you could take bone broth, but um, anything with bone in it has fluoride. So, unfortunately for me, I can't do that, <laughs> but most people could. So, it's just kind of taking a longer time to try to regrow mine. But that's the thing that eventually it can actually, you can heal from that too. So, I'm in the process of that. Um, anyway, and of course, fluoride can chelate all of like calcium, magnesium, copper, iron, and any of your vitamins and minerals and cause vision problems and cancer and all kinds of things so it is really important to get it out and so I, like i say how i'm doing that is with a homeopath called vitamin c that's what that's just what the homeopath is called so I, I don't know if somebody else might want to try that but anyway it's working for me and some of the other things that i'm i'm doing is i take epsom salt baths for magnesium because i can't take supplements and that gives me enough magnesium and then the other, the other supplements that I found that I can take sometimes some of them it's, it's just one brand it's called Solutions Four, and I can't buy those I have to actually go to the chiropractor to get those. But I called the company because I was actually curious why I can take theirs and nobody else's, and they said they had made their supplements for Japan, which Japan says you can't have you have to have zero percent contaminants. Well, in the United States, you can have fifty percent. So. That would be one reason why I can even, – but even their 0%, there's fluoride and everything. But, so they have 0% opposed to 50%. So if somebody's – I know a lot of people are worried about supplements and trying to find clean ones. Unfortunately, they don't have a lot of, off, of different offers, but they do have like – they do have calcium supplements. They do have herbs and stuff. I can take digestive enzymes, probiotics. So that's where I'm able to take digestive enzymes and probiotics from. Is the solution for, and um, Mighty Q. Every once in a while, I can take it if I get my fluoride levels down low enough, and I have found that that is really, really good for for me. Like it really does actually help. It really does do what it says it's going to do. And I know some other people have tried CoQ10. I have never tried that one, so I don't know how that would would affect me. But I do know I did call Mighty Q, and they said they do know that theirs are clean that their Mighty q is clean it doesn't have contaminants. And I mean, I mean, everything does actually have some contaminants in it, so I do react a little bit, but I found that that's a really clean source. So if there's a, somebody else who's trying to find a, a clean source, I at least found for me that Mighty q is a clean source, and I get that from MightyQ.com. And then there's one other thing I can take um, from, it's called Allerphase, and it's just for allergies. And I know that was that might be something somebody else is having trouble with because I had a really hard time after this happened to me and then I guess when your mitochondria are damaged, you can't really take any kind of drugs of any kind without having serious reactions. At least that's what I was i had been told. And that's what happens for me, that I, I actually can't take anything, but I can take this allophase for allergies when I'm having some bad aller, allergy problems. So that works for me also.
0: Wonderful, yeah. So I'm I'm trying to type these up, and and I'll request links from you. And um, for people listening, I'm going to be putting these these links in, when I post the podcast on floxyhope.com. I'm going to be putting links to the to many of the things that Tara's mentioned. So. Um, oh. So, so hopefully, hopefully I'll get everything. So there, there are a couple of things that I've heard about fluoride that maybe you can clear up. So um, it, Because obviously you've done a lot of research on this, and significantly more than I have. So first I heard that tea is really full of fluoride. And the other thing that I want to ask you about, I heard that tamarind helps to expel fluoride from your body. Do you know anything about either of those things?
1: I ha- yeah, I have read about that, and tea does. It has an enormous amount of fluoride in it, just, just from how it gets into the leaves. So they say, yeah, definitely you want to stay away from tea. And I actually have to stay from all drinks. I, oh, I, I did want to mention coconut water. Coconut water is something that I can drink if I just drink a little at a time, and that has helped my brain in a huge way, <laughs> because I can only drink distilled water. If you're a fluoride poison, you can only drink distilled water. And so you don't get your minerals and stuff. And some people say that's okay. And, and that ends up being okay for them. They get enough through the food. But for whatever reason, it's not enough for me. But I can do coconut water. I do the brand Harmless Harvest coconut water from Foods, And immediately that started helping my brain once a, a functional med doctor had told me to try that. And it worked. And it was great. So I did want to mention that. But, yeah, you definitely want to save from tea. And anything that's not organic you want to stay away from too. What was your other question about? Oh, the tamarind. I had read that, but I haven't actually tried that. The things that work the best for me, I don't know if I mentioned infrared sauna, um, that is actually, that pulls fluoride from you, and it does it really, really well and really safe. So even I can use an infrared sauna and safely pull it, well, even vitamin C for me sometimes isn't safe, but infrared sauna is safe. And I can pull that from me. And I talked to another fluoride poison person over the internet. And he had said that he discovered he had to use infrared sauna every day also to keep it out. Because you're constantly, even if you t- intake no fluoride, your body is constantly detoxing itself of fluoride. And so if you're hypersensitive, you're going to get poison just from your, or and have symptoms just from your body trying to detox it. So every day we use the infrared sauna to pull it out. And that works really well. But it also, I tried to use it twice a day to get some fluoride out. Last time I poisoned myself, and I ended up um, with, a, I, I think, how do you pronounce this, hypokalmia, the low potassium. And I ended up having to take, drink like four coconut waters to, to overcome the symptoms of that. So definitely for me, I guess everybody would be different. But for me, I can't do it two days, two times a day, but I can do it one time a day. So do and you that's, have... Do you,
0: do you have an infrared sauna machine at home? Then I take it, or are you going to someplace to do? This?
1: I, I used to, well. The reason I even discovered that infrared sauna would work really well, I, and I have since found it online that people say it works for fluoride, and, and it
0: does. But the
1: way I found out is my chiropractors, who have been the most helpful to me. They believed me from the beginning, and I kind—I write my story at four months, and I kind of have some of the stuff that I've done with them on there through the detox program and, and stuff. And they had an infrared sauna. And I, I would notice that the only time that I felt even halfway normal would be after, after I got out of their infrared sauna. So I realized I was going to have to buy one. And I got mine through Sunlight Day Spa. And it just happens to be, like, close to where I live. So um, we kind of got a discount because we didn't have to have it shipped. But that has been amazing. It's amazing for detox in general, they say, for getting heavy metals out, for just getting all kinds of pollutants out because it'll a lot of a lot of things will only come out through your skin and so they say to try that for that but i know specifically for fluoride it works really really well interesting yeah and i guess other people have that are fluoride and have found the same thing that the infrared sauna is something that they need to do every day and it's safe for them too so and of course nothing's safe for everyone all the time so i would always talk to your doctor about before you do anything you hear from somebody from me or anybody else
0: yeah it's really nice that you found some really trusted um healers that you worked with like your your chiropractors um i'm assuming that you have a homeopath that you work with
1: Um, yeah my chiropractor is actually there's one that just kind of does the adjustments and stuff for me and then there's the other who took me through the detox program and of course i had other Issues that, that really helped with because I had candida and leaky gut and SIBO. And by the way, for SIBO, I had struggled with that for 10 years, and coffee enemas ended up being the thing that helped with that. It got rid of that for me. But um, he took me through that program for three months and doing the infrared sauna and, and trying to help with this, even though they took me in, even though they knew that nobody knew how to heal this, and they didn't either. They had never heard of fluoroquinolone toxicity they knew that they were toxic and that it was, it was bad and they didn't know it was fluoride poisoning either. We kind of, I kind of discovered that and talked to them and they, you know, and it's, it's so incredibly helpful to have, to have found some doctors that are actually willing to just go with you on the journey in, instead of just saying you're a liability issue and kicking you out. You know, although I'm really thankful for that actually, because if someone doesn't know how to help you, you certainly don't want to keep going to them (laughs) when they're telling you they don't know how to help you so I was really glad to find doctors just like you know we don't know either how to help you but but we know how to help to heal people like you know from the ground up so we'll just we'll just do what we can and see what happens you know and so I, I went into it also knowing that there was no 100% yes they know how to heal me and they knew that they didn't know how to heal from this either, but they, they were definitely going to try for me. And it's been incredibly helpful to have found some doctors like that. And if, if you haven't, um, I know one of the doctors that does the homeopathy with me, the chiropractor who does that, and the SCIO machine that I was talking about, he actually can do some of that over the phone. And he said he would be willing to because I asked him, you know, I said, when I do this podcast, can I say it? you are willing to do that? And he, he said, absolutely. So, so I, I can give you that name and number of the website if you want to go to that too. And I know that that's not the answer, but maybe it, it could be helpful for some people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to put it in the post and um, leave it as a resource for people. Are there any other things that you want to mention that have helped you through the journey?
1: let's see as far as I think I mentioned the supplements and oh some of the homeopathy that has helped me and I had I chose to go that route since I I couldn't use any medicines and I really didn't want to um because homeopathies can actually do stuff that our medicines can't they can pull viruses and pull funguses from you instead of having to take like an antiviral or an antifungal so um I've I've been taking some of those kind of homeopathies. that pulled like Epstein Barr. I didn't, you know, I'd heard that that could have to do with this. So I was like, well, I know I, I test positive for that, so I'll try it. So you know, pulled that. Um, different kind of viruses. have had different funguses. I had, and the I take a homeopath called the Pituitary liquid liquid, liquid and a Thymolotropic, and those work on your pituitary gland and all. You know, because hormones are something that that fluoride is really messes up is your pituitary system, your whole system, your pituitary gland, your thyroid, your adrenal glands. And so I take those and it just kind of tells tells your body, hey, help the system work. And I also read in, um, oh, I, I should give you the name of some of the books that I've read that's been really helpful. One of them is uh, Dr. Sarah Myhill. She has a book called Chronic Fatigue Syndrome. It's mitochondria, not hypochondria. And so that's really helped me a lot with that. And she also says that if you do have a mitochondria issue. That you're not going to probably be able to take medications, and um, I forget where I was going with that.
0: It, you was there another book? Oh, some other books.
1: Yeah, um, Dr. Josh Axe. He has a he's a chiropractor, nutrition. He has a pretty big website, but um, what I liked his book called "Eat Dirt," and it talks about gut health because definitely after. You get fluoroquinolone toxicity or fluoride poisoning, it can really affect your gut, and it, it did mine, and so he kind of talks about how to rebuild that, and that really helped. And then um, Dr. Amy Myers has a book called The Thyroid Connection, and I, almost anybody who's fluoride poisoned ends up with issue with that, and I hear a lot of people with fluoroquinolone toxicity also have that issue, and she kind of goes through what you can do naturally, what you can try for a few months, and some supplements you can try. And then if that doesn't work, you know, she kind of goes through your options with medication. That was really incredibly helpful because it just gave you a lot of options that you don't hear at the doctor's. And then, you know, some people could maybe do that and not need thyroid medication at all. But I did it and mine is damaged, so I actually did need. But it was still, it was really helpful to know that I did what all I could do. And I know how to eat now to help that. And then um, Dr. Terry Walls, the Walls Protocol, She has the ketogenic diet. I know some people used to heal from this. And also um, fluoride blocks that process of your your brain being able to use glucose. So we know that 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 can help. They already know that, you know, use the ketogenic diet for seizures because if that happens, you can have seizure activity. And so I used that and I'm still using that to try to heal from this. And I am healing. Like I'm so much better at two years than I was. But I still have a long way to go. So I don't want to say that I am healed and everything I did worked perfectly because I'm still I'm still on that journey. I'm still believing that I'm going to be healed. But it just, for me, it's taken a long time. And the other book that was really helpful is called The Devil's Poison, How Fluoride is Killing You. And it's by a dentist called um, Dean Murphy. And he did about 15 years of research for fluoride because of, of, he was a dentist and doing, you know, giving out fluoride and somebody had one of his friends, who really, he really respected, it, had just told him that he should really look into it, <laughs> and so he did, and found out, you know, how awful it really is. And he, he kind of goes through, and, and he talks about the fluoroquinolones in it. Also, there's a lot of books that I have actually come across who talk about the fluoroquinolones in connection to fluoride poisoning, and because it's the same, it's the same symptoms, you know. And he talks about how it'll take a while. Like for me, some of the worst symptoms came at about three or four months afterwards because it's a metabolic thing, and it takes a while for those, they call fluoride an enzyme poison and a structural destroyer, because it gets into your enzymes, and then that's, it, it just depends on which ones it gets into, what hurts, you know, is it going to disrupt your collagen synthesis really bad, or you can end up with, like, multiple tendon issues, or are you going to end up, you know, with the interstitial cystitis or, or heart problems, because those are the enzymes, you know, or in your brain, your hippocampus is one of the first areas that it really attacks. And so you're going to end up with horrible memory issues, which I did for a while. And so, you know, so it kind of goes through and how that could be helpful. So even, so reading his was helpful about fluoride poisoning, but it was also helpful to understand what could have happened during the fluoroclonal toxicity also.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a really interesting book. Um, Yeah. I, I do recommend that people, that people read it you know, kind of regardless of how you feel about, um, you know, a lot of people, fluoride is a very really controversial subject. And there are certainly some people who go like, it's not the fluoride, it's not the fluoride. And then some people are like, it's the fluoride, it's the fluoride. And like, I appreciate that Tara, you're just telling your personal experience. And for you, you're highly sensitive to fluoride and detoxing from that was incredibly helpful in healing. Um, and I think that, your story and what you did will really resonate with a lot of people. Um, really, everyone should read The Devil's Poison. Um, and actually, all of those books. The Walls Protocol as well. I haven't read The Thyroid Connection, um, Eat Dirt, or Sarah Hills book. But um, you know, The Walls Protocol is also really fascinating. Dr. Walls talks a lot about mitochondria and healing your mitochondria. So, yeah. um, and, you know, the, I, I kind of feel like Ugh, when I hear like the title, "The Devil's Poison," because it just seems like <laughs> like, like just so um, infla- the, like I'm, I'm searching for the word like intentionally inflammatory, but it's got wonderful information in it. Um, well, call it the Devil's Poison
1: because they actually used to call for poison because of that. It, they call it it would silently maim and hurt people, and yeah. you wouldn't know. That's what's happening. So that's actually why he called it the Devil's Poison.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. So um, you know, ignore the hyperbole and just go ahead and read it, and make people people should make their own opinions after they read the book. <laughs> but it is yeah. a su- it is a super interesting book for sure.
1: Oh, I also wanted to mention the Fluoride Action Network, uh, fluoridealert.org. Um, they're against Florida, but actually, um, I had ended up contacting them just to try to figure out when I was on my journey trying to figure out what in the world to do and how to get fluoride out and the guy I contacted they sent me to the research director for the Fluoride Action Network and he actually was hurt by Cipro and had nerve damage himself but he had told me that has nothing to do with fluoride and so I sent him an article that was actually by one of the founders and in 1995 there was a study of organofluorines and that's what they put in in drugs that's what's in Cipro that's what's in leviquin and it's a carbon fluorine bond and they used to think that there's no way it could be broken but they found they did some studies and found out that it actually does metabolize into fluoride in some drugs and, and Cipro was one they tested and it absolutely did break down into fluoride so he ended up writing a paper about that like one of the founders he was the third author on it about we really need to look into pharmaceuticals because we found at least they had found at least a couple of anesthetics that break down into fluoride. Cipro breaks down into fluoride, and then there were some other ones too. And so, once I sent that to them, I didn't actually hear anything back. And so I thought, oh, they're probably just going to ignore me. But then several months later, I looked back on their site, and now number eight on their top ten things not to do, to avoid fluoride, is not to take cipro or other fluorinated drugs. Okay. So. Now, they're actually on board with that, too, because um, they were not, I get. I don't know if they weren't aware, or they had just kind of overlooked that part, even though like one of their founders had actually wrote a, wrote a paper on the pharmaceuticals and included that study on Cipro. Yeah.
0: So I think that
1: people taking it, obviously, I would love a quint- <laughs> so I think like, it would be really helpful for people to look at that. side explore explore it alert, that will- slash issues, slash sources, slash pharmaceuticals, and that will take you right to that article
0: That's about great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, is there anything else that you would like to share? You've given us such a, like a wealth of information. I actually feel like I need to listen to the first half of the podcast again to get all of the resources. Oh,
1: oh, i <laughs> overwhelm people. I had so much information I just wanted to share because it has taken me so long <laughs> to to find it all, you know, and to find helpful things, and I've tried a lot of things, and so I just wanted to, to you know, and I had I had taken a lot of supplements before I understood that um, I had fluoride poisoning, and those were actually hurtful for me, even though they might be helpful for somebody else, but in retrospect, I would have actually taken a test called the spectra cell test first it tests what your levels are of your different vitamins and minerals. And since we know that both in fluoride poisoning and in fluoroquinolone toxicity, your minerals and nutrients can get depleted and usually do, That, that that's probably going to be a helpful thing. And that's what I would have done. Rather than just done a whole bunch of supplements, just guessing, I would have done that first. And also on top of that, I would have got an iron and a copper test too because those are two things that can be chelated by fluoride also. So I think that, <laughs> I think that I have said a lot anyway, I don't know if I've covered everything, but I've definitely covered a lot of things. Hopefully, it, I'm just hoping that something will help somebody. And, you know, if, if it doesn't, that's, there's probably other things you can try, but I'm hopefully that this will help someone on their journey.
0: I, I really appreciate it. And I'm sure that the people listening will really appreciate it too. You know, um, just your, your generosity and sharing your journey and sharing all of these wonderful resources that have helped you through. And um, there, like I said, there, there are kind of some camps as to like whether or not fluoroquinolone toxicity and fluoride toxicity are one and the same or not. But, um, you know, certainly for you, they were, or at least, like the fluoroquinolone, the leviquin triggered the the fluoride toxicity, um, and extreme sensitivity to to fluoride. So I think you've given some amazing advice and get and getting people through it.
1: Yeah, it's and it can be really hard to get through. And I think that's a, a lot of the reason, oh, there's another book I'd like to mention just for the emotional aspect. <laughs> if someone's on there. There's a book um, by Dr. David Hawkins. He used to be a psychiatrist. Um, it's called Letting Go. And I just found that that was just so helpful, like spiritually and emotionally, because that's kind of an aspect we don't, at least I, I don't talk about a lot, but that, that has, that has been like the biggest thing to get me through it. Yes, there's been all these helpful things that I've found, but what, help me go and to keep going and keep looking, searching, researching is like my hope and faith and and prayer and spirituality and whatever that looks like for anyone else. I know some people call it meditation or, you know, whatever, whatever that is for someone. It's at least for me, it's been so incredibly helpful to, to keep searching and and praying and, um, you know, looking at the positive things. And for me, that was scripture, like holding up. Scripture in the Bible, and just saying some of the healing verses and stuff, and just to keep yourself encouraged along the way because it can be really hard when you have an invisible illness. And just you know, you have all the physical stuff going on, but on, on top of that, you have a lot of people who don't believe you, who don't, who can't see you. you. Know a lot of people say, Well, you look fine when they see me. And because, first of all, they're only going to see me if I'm doing better because I will not be out of my house if I'm not doing good that day. And from the outside, yeah, I look like I'm doing okay, but they can't see that in the mornings I'm having horrible problems with the dizziness and, you know, trying just to kind of navigate that. And then through the rest of the day, you know, with the chronic fatigue, you know, and people can't really understand that. They don't understand how you could just walk, just walking across the building could be like all you could do that day or something. And so it's it's been frustrating for for to have all the people around me not really understand and and then some people are trying really hard to understand and then you have people who really aren't trying very hard to understand and so like the emotional aspect of going through this is really hard because some of us didn't have a chronic illness before and so to just kind of be thrown into that world you know I have a lot of compassion for everyone going through it and also everyone going through any chronic illness I had no idea really what they dealt with on a day-to-day basis of not just physical stuff but then just trying to be believed in by the people, you really understand something they're not going through, but also the importance of of not judging anyone else's journey, and just having compassion and just listening and just saying I believe you to somebody how how strong and powerful that can be. you know, and that's that's what my doctors did. They were really the first ones that did
0: that for me. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Um, I think that that is a perfect note to end on. Um, so thank you so much for sharing your journey, Tara. Um, I really appreciate it. I know that everyone who's listening, um, appreciates it and just ending on that really beautiful note of hope and inspiration, I I think is, is perfect. So, um, really thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.